0: Jaspreet Boparai and Don Nicholson with Greenwashed on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Welcome back to Greenwashed on RCR with Don and Jaspreet. And continuing the theme of um, having someone from the land speaking with us, we've got Finya Phillips. Now, Finya's is a Dairy farmer, former vet. Uh, she's been the Auckland Haraki Dairy Manager of the Year and also third in the national title for that. So highly credentialed young lady, um, giving us some time. I know she's been up very early today, carving. So uh, welcome to RCR Greenwash Vina. And um, tell us a wee bit more about yourself. 27, trained as a vet. Yeah, you know, where did you grow up?
1: <laughs> oh. Um, thank you very much for a mass um, nice intro there, Don and Jaspreet. Um Yeah, I grew up in the Hauraki Plains, which is on uh, the top of the north Waikato. Um, yeah, born and raised on a small family dairy farm. Um, it was just always in our blood um, to be on the farm. And uh, yeah, I'm one of three kids. We all help mum and dad before and after school, and it was just a really big part of um how how we grew up, I suppose.
0: So the love of the land and the animals is what uh, stayed with you all through schooling and um you ended up at university at vet school. So that's a fast track right through your career or to perhaps what, about eight, year eight when you are 18 or so you went to vet school, was it? 18 or 20?
1: Yeah, yeah. I was actually pretty young. I was 17 when I went. Okay. Um had to forge my own ID when I went clubbing. Um, But yeah, (laughs) that was a good time at Massey and yeah, it was, I'm so thankful for the experience. It's um, the friendships that you made out of that and the skills and the knowledge and probably above all, maybe the problem solving and the critical thinking. I think that particularly in today's society is quite an important skill Um, yeah it was such a good time and yeah those um, those learnings will carry on with me forever Um, and yeah then I started vetting down in South Canterbury um, in a really good part of the world it was a little place called Waimati or Waimate where they have lots of wallabies and um, there's more than just wallabies there. There's some pretty awesome people and some very driven, progressive dairy farmers. And, um, yeah, I yeah was absolutely fizzing about it all. I, I loved it, loved it there and had a really good boss, Ryan Luckman. He was really awesome to work with. And, yeah, we, I learned a lot. And, um, yeah, we had quite big numbers. And I suppose for vetting, um, numbers is how you get good at things, <laughs> but also mm. as a stress of of things as well, I suppose. But uh, um, yeah, it was a really awesome experience, and the farmers there they were very progressive and um, always wanting to push the boat out and think about how could we do things better. And yeah, it was a really cool uh, experience. And so I was there for three and a half years, and then my husband had a unique opportunity to um, come up to Auckland, and probably at that stage it was sort of a similar uh thinking for me I suppose that I was starting to think about what is my world going to look like um soon I suppose that um the reality that I was looking to what my life would look like is having a young family or um hopefully having a family I suppose um how would that look and how does it all fit in the farming scene and yeah that's when I um I suppose committed to going dairy farming after vetting. So,
0: and so just to, just interrupt there. And is it is it correct that you are bonded uh, to a veterinary practice when you finish your studies? Do you have to stay in New Zealand and, and get bonded to any specific into the career choice like veterinary um, practice somewhere? Is that still still a case?
1: Yeah. So that's um called the rural bonding scheme, um, and it's uh an elective um, scheme, I would say. It's actually from the um, the government that they recognised quite a long time ago. It's probably been at least um, 10, 15 years, I'd say, where um, it's been really difficult to get um, vets into rural sectors. That mm-hmm. They tried to incentivise vets going into rural practice as opposed to urban practice. Um, and it's an elective thing that if you choose to do it, then you get a, a bit of a bonus, I suppose, for being in there. Uh, but you have to do a minimum of three years to get it. And then if you did a fourth year and a fifth year, you would get it as well.
0: Um, yeah. yeah. Good, because I, I, I remember it was around when I was in the big city, Wellington, and I were talking about it and it was sort of in, put in place and I just wondered if it was still continuing. So, hey, that's that's a good um, overview of the early, early days, but you've you've gone gone dairy farming and um obviously you've won these awards and uh all credit to you um you don't win awards for um having other people do the work for you so it's it's all for you and now you're progressing into um by the look sound of it um your 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 parents farm is that right and taking over taking over that so you've made the career choice you've made the jump and um you've Obviously, decided that it's easier to raise a family uh, as a dairy farmer than a vet.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's easier is the right word, perhaps more slightly more delusional. I don't know. Um, no, nah, it's just I think probably everyone has different values and what how they want to do things. But having come from a dairy farm upbringing and the, the time we were able to spend with mum and dad alongside, um, and I suppose the opportunities that uh, rural living provides that you just can't get anywhere else. And um pardon me, um I just kept coming back to that that um dairy farming is so similar to vetting in so many ways, um, that particularly while um children are young, I think it's really important to spend time with them and have them have them around. Um and it's not to say I won't stop being a vet because I think that vet brain carries on forever, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, I'm not like opposed to the idea later on and to getting into the realm of consultancy or something like that. Um, but I think for now, just trying to be realistic about how many hours are in the day, which I seem mm-hmm. to struggle with anyway.
2: <laughs> yeah. But when you had won the award, it was on another farm where you were working, about 450 cows, 190 hectares. Yep. Tell us a bit more about your parents' farm that you've recently moved to. What's that like?
1: Um, yeah, it's uh, it was an awesome farm where I actually worked for. I was working for some shear milkers, um, Amber and Fraser Carpenter, and they were a real pleasure to work alongside and gave me a lot of scope and support. It was a really good role. Um, but, yeah, I was pretty getting pretty conscious that dad is 60 and still doing it day in, day out. Um, yeah. So we've, on the family dairy farm, we've got 200 cows, and yeah everything is done ourselves dad is very reluctant to get in he just doesn't get in labor um or any staff and yeah does it three six five days a year which is pretty incredible um mum helps with calf rearing and is yeah a really good support network for them but I was just getting conscious that mum and dad are um getting on and that it's really important to start making these decisions early um and yeah I suppose we're calling it the golden years because um we're all still very active in how we want to do things so it's good
2: are your siblings as well you've got two others i believe are they also in the rural sector somewhere yeah so um
1: my sister she is a compliance manager at um uh, meatworks down in um otago and yeah, yeah we're interesting to see where it goes for her she still definitely has the rural blood in her and my brother he's um doing an engineering um, qualification down in canterbury as well um and he will always help for sure but he's probably got interests elsewhere but yeah it's really important for our family as we kind of navigate through these next steps is that it's fair for everyone and that everyone's um participating and being valued and yeah that it's just an open kind of evolving picture how it all goes
2: and your husband, is he part of the farming system as well? Uh no. Um uh,
1: my husband, we met at vet school, which was a mm. classic case of inbreeding, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> um, <laughs> um but yeah, so he is a vet um but he's becoming a um a specialist, which basically um he's becoming a surgeon. So if you you know when you go to the a human doctor and then you have a orthopaedic problem they'd refer you to an orthopaedic specialist that is the equivalent of what my mm-hmm. husband's becoming um so yeah that's why part of the move why we move from Canterbury to Auckland so that he could do this
2: so um, he's not a part of the thing. farming operation but yeah
1: yeah yeah and so no he's um that's a good point actually he's um an amazing husband and a really good support network but Um, he has expressed that he doesn't actually want to be milking cows and that's quite okay and uh, it's a really important thing for us to consider as we move forward that we need to make sure that we find a balance that um, we're not actually pulling them into the cow shed that um, we've got to find ways of doing it
0: ourselves. Unless
2: you have specialist orthopedic problems. Yes that's right that's (laughs) right
0: (laughs) yeah that's true. Well you've got you've got your lives very well organized at at a young age I wish I can't say the same and I'm a lot older. So good work. Um telling us tell us a little bit about uh what really uh, enthralls you in the dairy industry. I mean, we all know that, well, most people know that cows produce milk, but there's a whole lot of technology and new ideas that are coming uh, becoming available that make life a whole lot better, easier. smarter, and easier. Um what are what are the what are the best of those that you can t- tell us about?
1: Uh, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and But firstly, I'd like to say, I don't think we're very organised at all. We're just fumbling our way through life, just yeah. like everyone else. And it might appear that we've got a plan, but we really don't. We're just paddling. And I think it's just all part of life, isn't it? That it's a journey and you kind of make you go down a route and then you tweak and adjust, and that's just the nature of life. So, yeah, I'm the first to say that we are not organised. <laughs> um, we're uh, just trying our best. But, um, well,
0: the world the world, had, uh, the world uh, isn't one straight road. There's lots of twists and turns. So, yeah, it's all part of it. You're right.
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but going back to your earlier question, um, yeah, what I suppose enthralls me Um there's there's two things I suppose. One is I love seeing happy cows, and I think we can't spread happy cows far and wide enough because um, it's yeah it's an interesting realm that we're in in society at the moment. That um, yeah it, people may not see the hours and hours that go into caring and careful decision making and planning and feed budgeting and tweaking and Every single day when you're getting the cows out of the paddock and getting them through the shed, you're watching them all the time and you care so much about them. So um, I love seeing happy cows because I think it's a reflection of who you are as a farmer. And I think this is a really exciting space to be in, is to just actually showcase this to the world, like, transparently. This is what we do and we do it really well. So that, I think, is a really cool space to be in because um, it's like anything, isn't it? You either see... Are you a problem maker or a problem solver? And I love showing Happy Cows because it is a good product, I think. But in terms of um, exciting technology, um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, technology and probably New Zealand's quite a slow adopter compared to different parts of the world. Um, But probably one of my uh, personal favourites is like a wearable type of technology, which just helps us make better decisions about how we're feeding our cows Because if we are feeding our cows properly, because they're Olympic athletes basically, they perform not only production but um, in all other parameters and then that is just a positive flow-on effect. So if we can positively understand what's happening with our cows, we can tweak it and adjust because there's just so much more information that you can't see um, to the visual eye that technology can.
0: So yeah, so that explain it. I mean, it, you're making it sound like a fashion accessory. Um <laughs> and I'm sure it's it's highly, highly technical technological. Um, what are these things that can um give you the or well, the sensors? I suppose, that give you the, the feedback that says that cow is running a temperature or or something like that. Um Listen, what, what, are, what are they what are they what do they come like? Are they a whole something that you put around the neck or you yeah. strap them to the girth, or what do you do?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. so there's um, different types of technologies, I suppose, and so I'm quite careful not to pitch any particular brand. Um, everyone mm. can choose what they see fit, but sure. they, they come in different products, either something that you can put into the air or, um, or it's literally looks like a necklace and has a little transponder that's um, over the side of the esophagus, is w- which is where they ruminate. Or they can have an intraruminal bolus. That's not particularly big yet in New Zealand, but it's really big overseas. Um, so in New Zealand, predominantly, you'd see an air tag type of product or a necklace type of product. Um, we we personally decided to go for Allflex, um, mm-hmm. which is a product that I suppose I became most familiar with when I was vetting down in South Canterbury. Um, and that was a really big space because um, farmers were learning how to use a product we as vets were learning how to in- interpret the product and it was just a really cool time to all learn together how do we interpret this information and how do we maximize our cow health um yeah it was such a good learning experience and i suppose that's where i personally had a lot of um experience and knowledge from that that's why our family um decided to go for flex collars as well and um yeah they're really I'm really happy with
0: them. Do you use uh, natural mating or do you use AI in, in your farm or your cattle
1: uh, farm? We use AI and it's been, um, we've always done that. Um, but it's also removed the need for bulls because we can be really certain about when a cow is on heat and um, it, not having bulls on farm is also just a major time and sanity saver as well, <laughs> as I'm sure you um, are very well aware. They are uh, oh
2: gosh, yes. I, we have started now on our farm. We've last two seasons we've been using the drone with the oh, bulls, yes. and it's so much easier to move them because we could have upwards of 30, over yeah. 1,200 cows at different yeah. rotating teams. And, gosh, that's just health and safety, and the whole thing is just that much easier. And yeah. they move very calmly, you know. They're Otherwise, some of the Jersey bulls we tail with, Gosh, they are high strung.
0: <laughs> uh, for, for, for our listeners, we should say that um, a, a pack of bulls, like thirty in a in a, in a paddock, is like um, the Australian and New Zealand rugby teams fighting each other. It's uh, it's more than just a scrum. It's not a, it's not something you want to get part of. So yeah, you can the,
2: hear them a kilometre away. I can well, tell oh, yeah. listeners.
0: It, it isn't something you want to get amongst um, But anyway, so yeah, I understand why you'd go for AI.
2: yeah yeah,
1: that's right it's good to actually explain it it's good to explain it yeah no it's been um technology is a massive um turning point for us and i think it's going back to what we talked about earlier are we problem solvers or problem makers and um, there is just so much scope within the farming sector whether it's dairying or sheep and beef or deer anything um the technology can really help us and It can help us from a compliance perspective that we don't have to fill in so much paperwork, which I think is great, but also in terms of a transparency for a consumer that they can see what we do. But also just generally, operationally, we have so many more options to be, um, yeah, I I suppose optimising our business and be more profitable, which is ultimately, that's why we get out of bed, right? We've got to be able to put food on the table. uh,
2: I read somewhere that you had spoken, this is a quote from you, I think, that when I was at school, we were all proud to be dairy farming kids. But nowadays people feel sheepish and like they can't tell the story. We need to turn this around and have to show that farming is a career to be proud of. I couldn't agree more, but I'm definitely interested in you know, your reflections and how do you think the public image of farming has changed? And I, I realize you're just 27. I have a good 20 years in you but how do you think it has changed from the time you were growing up
1: yeah it's um it's i genuinely couldn't have said it any more different you know it's
0: mm-hmm. when
1: we were at school um everyone came from dairy farming families and um everyone knew what calving time was because everyone was out graving calves and helping mum and dad and it was just a really big part of who we were and then as everyone went through life um yeah, now people are drinking drinking oat milk because mm-hmm. they're worried about the impact of dairy Emissions. cows. Yeah, yeah and on, it's a really complicated topic, but it's also we deserve to be heard about what we do. And firstly, um, it's really important a, I think to showcase what we do and be open. And that takes a bit of courage. It takes courage to actually tell our story because we know that people will attack us or have questions. And so it takes courage to do that. But you know that you have to because otherwise our story will never get out. But then it's, it's hard because if people aren't actually listening to, to you or have already got their preconceived ideas, it's um, really tough to then make some headway and I suppose I don't want to yeah, get doom and gloom about it, but I suppose mm-hmm. it's just what what can we do to actually change the narrative around this and it means if if we acknowledge where our society is at, at the moment, we just need to change the narrative and show how much care goes into this product. It's the milk that you see in the fridge when you buy it has more care than I would say your car manufacturer has made your Toyota sitting in the garage. (laughs) But people don't really ask the same types of questions for that. They just accept it, you know?
0: Well, a biological process is so much harder to manage than a um, mechanical process. So, um, yeah, it's a good analogy, uh, Finja. Uh, And it's interesting... I, I think uh, our politicians have a lot to answer for the way they've not defended um, the cause, the way they need to, because it's not politically safe to to play in this this space that we're talking about. But someday, in my view, the the pointy end is coming to this. We're going to actually have to bury the hatchet and get over it, and um, and farming is going to have to be held up as 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 it should be, and as something that's really important uh, to the country. I mean, I. I, I listen, and you may have it around your area, a lot of people are sort of talking about uh, but keeping things local. Yeah. But we're an export economy. If we had 70 million people in New Zealand, we we could do this by local stuff all the time. But we don't get hospitals and schools out of um, just trading locally. <laughs> and, yeah. And, uh, and so, look, we've got to be an export country. But it is about I, – I can sense um, – yeah, you're going to be one of the leaders that will hold this, hold the end of farming up really well. And to me, it's about data, and I think you'd probably agree with that data and um, understanding how that measurement all works. Now, we constantly talk about this on the show uh, about the emissions that are being constantly. She- sheeted home inside the farm gate yep. unfairly and uh that's one thing that i hope um that for your benefit uh, and your generation's benefit we can bury that thing for good and so uh get it off the off the table but look it's much more than farming in your life um you've done other stuff as well and i think we should talk about that um, yep. um for instance you've walked to the south island League of the tearoa Trail. Um what brought that on? Because that's a fairly big deal. Um there's a bit of risk involved in that.
1: <laughs> um yeah, there there was actually. Um I suppose I thought it was a really cool way to see New Zealand, um, like real backyard New Zealand. Um, but also um yeah, I became pretty it was maybe 10 days into it that I thought I should really be um, fundraising for something because this is Mm. a really worthy cause. And so I started fundraising for the Rural Support Trust, which is a pretty, um, uh, I suppose, a charity that sits close to home, I suppose, with where the rural sector is. Um, Yeah, kind of going along all these things that we've talked about, it's really easy for farmers to feel really isolated, just generally geographically where they are and their work hours, but um in a headspace well, realm as well. And so I think it's really important that we support rural support, trust who's doing some really good things um out there in the community.
2: I, I couldn't agree more. We recently out here uh, in Arnick of the Woods, we had a mental health event. We had Jason Herrick, Craig Wiggins, and a few others come down because Mental health is is going down the gurgler, as most of us know. I also wonder, Finna, how much were you exposed to the whole mycoplasma thing? At Were you in Canterbury at that time? And the whole fiasco and the associated, I'm sure, not just the fiscal fallout, but also the mental turmoil yeah. that people... Were you there on the front lines at that time? Um, you I, I moved down there in um, early 2019.
1: And mm. by that stage, the bulk of the culling had happened. But um, yeah, it was just the, I suppose, the aftermath as well. And that's, um, yeah, it was a really horrible time for farmers that were there. And they, it's like lots of things, isn't it? That cows are more than just a number or four legs in the paddock that you think they're, they're your progeny or you've worked so many generations to get them where they are. And then, um, yeah, it was. It was what it was, but it was um, yeah, it was pretty hard to see how um how hard it had hit some farmers. Um, so yeah, I think it it just shows why we need to have a really good um, trust like rural support trust out there helping our farmers because um people need to have a trustworthy person that can yeah. relate to them as well.
2: yeah, I couldn't agree more. I have a mate in Canterbury, his farmers amongst the very first to be. You know, detected mycoplasma bovis. He has father farmed there and the entire farm was destocked. And, you know, even though he kids that he swapped his South Island herd with an earlier carving North Island herd, five years later, the scars are still there. And I,
1: yeah. as he
2: says, I don't think him and his dad will ever get over it. Yeah. And many people, urban or even rural, I think, don't realize because we keep talking about this divide and I think it's deliberately created. Yeah. Media also has their part to play, but those cars run deep. They don't just, you know, don't just forget it once you've got a brand new herd.
1: Yeah, no, that's right. That's right. It's just the, the, I not, and I'm sure, I mean, I suppose I just talk from a dairy farming perspective, but I'm sure it's for different farming businesses as well. They all have their little personalities and you have their, your favorites. And um, yeah, it's just it's so much more than just four legs in the paddock that if a decision gets made like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really hurts. So, yeah, no, it, it was a tricky time and I suppose it is, yeah, I suppose moving onwards it is just really important for people, I think, to take away that people, farmers really care about their stock. They really care about the land and most importantly, they actually really care about their people, the um, The way that they look after their family or their staff, how it all works, because it's it's not actually just a job, it's a way of life.
0: Yeah, And as uh, good peer pressure um by the best performers, they they certainly do put that that um uh, you can see the best performers uh, and you know who's looking after their staff the best, you can sort of see it all, and it it hopefully flows on to others because we do, you know, in the last twenty years, there's been lots of negativity around people that aren't being perhaps remunerated correctly or 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 housed correctly. But look, good dairy farm boss, good dairy owners, um, uh, they they have good relationships with their staff and their animals. So, and Finja, you're just um, an epitome of it. You've got it all sorted. I think at quite a young age. So,
1: oh, I don't know about that. It's just a, a a constant evolving process, and we're all just learning as we go. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, just as an aside, last perhaps point is. Um, You've you've got third in the national title for the dairy managers. Um are you committed to helping uh for the next round of uh competition? Do they bring you in as a as a facilitator now? Is that part of the game?
1: <laughs> um committed is probably a uh interesting way to describe it, but um it's like strongly encouraged to carry on the right the themes Um, but i'm happy to do that because it's all part of community involvement and keeping it going and i like i honestly didn't even know about the dairy industry awards um probably until like the last couple of years and i know it's been a really big awards that's been going on for a really long time but um i think it's a really cool thing to be a part of and to support and encourage and others that um the reason that we participate is, A, as an individual that you learn and grow from the experience, but B, that we just positively show what we do and that we're in this not just because of a job, this is a way of life and we're really passionate about what we do and we have to showcase this. And it's hard. It's we've I've talked about it earlier. It takes a bit of courage to put yourself out there in the limelight and potentially be scrutinised, but I think on the whole – most people are very receptive and supportive and uh, wanting you to excel in whatever that looks like. And I think that's probably been uh, something that I've loved out of the whole process is the networking and the people that um, are there to help you and just, yeah, they just want to just see you thrive. And it's just awesome to have all these different cheerleaders in different parts of the world or different parts of the country that are just out there
0: with you, which is really cool. Mm. Well, I'm really pleased that you've had experience in the South Island um, as well, because that actually counts for quite a bit. Um, which one key point that I used to try and, and, and sort of make an impact about was that New Zealand isn't a flat plate; it doesn't have the same uh, rainwater um, rain hitting it every day. It hasn't got the same soil types. It hasn't got the same gradient, That's and yet right. there are there are plenty of people who think that they can make blanket rules that fit everybody. Now, you shouldn't need rules. That's yep. my that's my base level. You shouldn't need rules, um, but we've got a got a system that says we love making rules. But anyway, um, yeah, I think it's a key point. You have had experience in the South Island. You've had experience and um, uh, sort of a, on the flats of Natia and elsewhere. So uh, yeah, there's a dose of reality in, your, in you, and you'll bring that to everything you do. Um, and you know, on top of all that, you've got this on your CV forever. <laughs> um, and you, you, you probably want um, to go even further. Um, as a farm owner, you might enter other competitions. So, um, all power to you and and your husband and your families. And I don't know, Jaspreet, I think uh, we should draw this to a close. And
2: absolutely, we we, we did Finne promise to get yeah to get Finnear back in time back so that her next day is not uh, hampered. Thank you so much for taking the time today. I know you are halfway through carving up there, uh, Finna, whereas we have barely begun. All yeah. the best further. No uh, I believe it's it's your first season back on the family farm, is it? Yeah,
1: yeah, that's right, that's right.
2: Yeah, all all the very best. Is hoping it all goes really well for you, and we'll be looking out for your name. Thank you so oh. much for joining us today on Greenwashed.
1: No worries. Thanks, guys. Just Breet Boparai and Don
0: Nicholson with Greenwash on RCR, Reality Check Radio.